Welcome to the Shannon Plan. My name is Kyle Posey. As always, I am joined by Akash Anavarathan. Akash, 49ers, NFC West champs. Seven-game winning streak. Things that we all predicted two months ago would happen. It's it's pretty crazy, the dynamic of this team and how things have changed since then. We have gone from Jimmy Garoppolo manning the ship, looking like the 49ers were a playoff contender, Super Bowl contender. He went down. Everyone's wondering, oh, man, Kyle Shanahan, again, has to deal with a backup quarterback. And honestly, in the past three games, uh, 49ers offense really hasn't missed a beat. So welcome, Akash. We don't really have to talk about last week's game. You know, it was the Seahawks. They went in. It was it feels like a month ago since we're recording this on a Wednesday. But was that that game went kind of how we expected to, right? Absolutely. After the game, you see videos of all the, the stuff pregame, and you see Trent Williams walking in, flipping off fans. You see Jimmy Ward ripping a sign that was trolling the 49ers. You see Fred Warner's hype-up speech. You know, just based off of how those guys acted pregame, they expected to win going in, and that's how they played for four quarters, even though the score didn't necessarily, necessarily reflect that. I thought that they were playing that level of football. Just short week, you know, always weird things happen in Seattle until the score was a little closer. But I thought that was as good of a performance they've had under Brock Purdy over these last few weeks. And NFC West champs, now the focus shifts to trying to put yourself in as good of a seed as possible heading into the playoffs. And that's what we're going to talk about here. So obviously the 49ers want to keep winning and win as many games as possible so they have the highest seed possible. So they could potentially have multiple playoff games. But with that, you have to question, you know, am I going to put specific players at risk of injury? And in my when I look at this and when I'm looking at this question, do you rest guys? Do you play them? Football is a violent sport. Football is a collision sport. It's not just a contact sport. So if they're on the field, no matter what, there's a chance of them being injured. But if they're playing at the same speed that they're used to and, you know, they don't have that thought in their mind, am I going to get hurt? That's usually not how football works. So Javon Kinlaw's practice window was just opened and he is going to practice on Wednesday for the first time in what feels like all season. It's not, but it's been a long, long time since the 49ers have had Javon Kinlaw on the field. There's no guarantee that he will play Saturday. And it's weird to say that the 49ers do play on Saturday, but Kyle Shannon basically said, if he's healthy, if he's good to go, we're going to throw him out there. The reporters who were at practice Tuesday, they interviewed Ken Law. He said, if it were up to me, I'm going to play, essentially. So obviously I was paraphrasing there, but you could tell by his demeanor, by Ken Law's demeanor, that he wants to be on the field. And they've done everything possible. Um, Shannon said he's been doing the rehab. And now it's, it's pretty much just time to figure out what he can do. Let's talk about the expectations for Kinlaw because first round pick, top 15 pick, the DeForest Buckner replacement. Obviously, things have not worked out in the way that the 49ers would have liked to, but he's still really freaking young. And I feel like we talk about it like he's this grandpa. He's over the hill. Father time's already caught up to him. He's battled injuries. Nobody's debating that. Nobody's arguing that. So what should our expectations be for a player who's missed more than two months coming back from an injury, a severe knee injury, that's essentially hampered his entire NFL career. 
just be productive on the interior. I mean, they've lost a bunch of guys, and that's why this Kinlaw thing has become more pressing because Hassan Ridgeway on IR, probably out for the season. And then Kevin Givens, uh, another injury, probably out another couple of weeks. We'll see if he can make a return before the regular season. But it put that much pressure on Eric Armstead to come back. It put that much more pressure on T.Y. McGill, Akeem Spence, these other practice squad level guys who've had to step in week in and week out. And Chris Kacarek and this defense has just kind of made it work so far. You haven't necessarily felt the loss of some of those D tackles. And now you get Javon Kinlaw back. And for him just to be a big body, someone that they can plug in and play and just allow some of these other depth guys to a, either get healthy or play less snaps and just take a little bit of pressure off of them. And that's, you know, Kinlaw was able to do that in the three games that he played this season. But it's a matter of, okay, will his knee hold up for this stretch run? And can he just be, you know, an asset to this defensive line? I think that's really just the expectation, right? Can you just stay on the field and be a factor, right? At this point, no one's looking for like, sack numbers or pressure numbers or anything like that. It's just, can you make an impact on the field and just help this team out? So the 49ers have gotten pretty good production from their interior guys, whether it's Akeem Spence, whether it's T.Y. McGill. They have elevated multiple practice squad players. They haven't been, really been let down at all. So if Kenlaw can just hold the fort, right, it allow them to keep treading water at the position while Eric Armstead gets to rest. Armstead, since he's been back, he's been incredible. He's the real dominant interior force. So if he if Kinlaw does return and, and comes anywhere near uh, to playing to what he's capable of, to playing to his talent level, like that would be everything for a 49ers Stevens that is just dominating across the board. They with the addition of Eric Armstead, this defense has gone from basically throwing jabs, counters to just haymakers, uppercuts, and and they they know that they're going to knock you out and they're really Hasn't been anybody to prove that to be the case otherwise. So Debo, that's another one. That's a huge one, obviously. You want Debo healthy back for the playoffs. You want him to be operating at full speed. He was in the locker room, according to the Athletics' Matt Barrows, on Tuesday, and he was not limping. So that is a big deal, obviously. He was bent like an Acme character, and it looked horrific during his injury. But um, – a doctor, let me make sure that I have his name. Uh, he is a surgeon, an orthopedic surgeon, uh, doctor from Stanford and Harvard. Dr. Deepak Chona had this to say, quote, MCL's average two to four weeks, moderate high ankles, two to five. The video of his injury looked pretty severe, but spreading the hit over two joints probably helped either from becoming a season-ending injury. Niners' comments suggest a return week 18. Data suggests a more likely return in the first round of the playoffs. So by that, Chona is telling us, Debo was fortunate to have the injury spread over to multiple joints. That way it wasn't a season-ending injury. That is a big deal. Now, we need to know when he's going to return to the field. So historically it takes these skill players about a game to rev up their production to get back to full speed so putting him out there in week 18 in a meaningless game you would assume that would cause some fans you know up like why are you playing Debo the playoffs for next week and Kyle Shanahan has been adamant about this and he said on Tuesday hey I'm going to play guys that are healthy essentially he said if you are um there's really no reason for him. That's his mindset. He said other coaches have made mistakes and he's been in a position where that was a mistake. So I understand why 
he would want to play Debo Samuel. It makes sense, you know, from my end to play Samuel, to play Kinlaw, because they have to get into game shape, right? You know, you're coming off, in Kinlaw's case, multiple months, but in Samuel's, um, Samuel's case, he's only missed a few weeks, but you still want him to maintain that playing, that game shape. Do you think we see Debo before the end of the season? And if we do, is that smart? Should Should the 49ers just wait until it's playoff time? We're about to find out how Kyle Shanahan handles these situations, right? This is the first time in his head coaching career that the 49ers have clinched a playoff spot before the, you know, the final game of the season. And he actually has a couple games going into the playoffs where you have to make a decision of, okay, should I rest these guys? Should I play these guys to keep continuity, et cetera, et cetera. I think I was trying to look this up, but I'm assuming he's referring to the time that the Falcons went to the Super Bowl. They probably had a bye. Dan Quinn probably maybe rested some guys. And personal experience. This is what this Personal is. experience, right? It wasn't his call. He was a coordinator at the time. I think that's the only time he's been in that spot where, you know, they've made a run and they've had an option to rest guys. You know, personally, I always lean in terms of making sure that these guys are healthy as possible, right? And not putting them in harm's way earlier um, than they could be out there, if that makes sense, especially with someone like Debo Samuel and, Ironically, that was one of the things on Thursday night you're watching. You're like, wow, this offense just Kittle carving them up for two touchdowns. McCaffrey's running all over the place. Ayuk's looking good. And you forget that Debo Samuel's not even out there and what he brings to this team when he is. And so I would just try to save that um, for the playoffs and just make sure he's as healthy as possible, especially when you're dealing with things like an ankle sprain and a knee sprain. And not all injuries are created equal, but remember Trent Williams had a high ankle sprain going into the playoffs last year missed the Week 18 game, but then came back and played. And he just wasn't as healthy, right? And I think against the Rams in the NFC title game, he gave up. He wasn't he wasn't as good as he normally is. And, you know, you can attribute it to that ankle sprain. And so you just, in these types of situations, especially when you have a playoff spot clinched, you know you're in the tournament. You just want to be at your best when you're in the tournament. And so I would just, I would always stay on the cautious side when it comes to Debo Samuel. That being said, when when some fans are like, hey, let's just rest everybody, that's also difficult because, you know, you have to dress 46 guys on game day. The Niners have a ton of injuries, you know, injured players that aren't on IR necessarily, right? Jimmy Garoppolo, Kevin Gibbons, Debo Samuel, uh, et cetera, et cetera, who, you know, they're trying to save up these IR returns so they're not placing these guys on IR, so they're keeping them on the active roster which means they just can't deactivate other players. And so now you're thin already. And so I think it's hard to just kind of rest a bunch of guys also in the NFL. And like you mentioned, it's also hard to play at like 70% speed or 50% speed like you can in some other sports, right, to avoid injury. It's one of those sports where you got to be going 110% every play or you risk getting hurt or just getting destroyed on a given play. So it's a tough thing to manage. I, I imagine – you know, some of their stars maybe for week 18, assuming they have nothing to play for at that time, may sit. But outside of that, they've got a good thing going, right? Seven-game winning streak. I just think you just try to keep it rolling. And then the guys that are legitimately hurt, you just try to make sure they're healthy. And hopefully that kind of marries together as they head into the playoffs. So the problem is most fans are thinking, hey, I don't want to see Christian McCaffrey out there when the 49ers don't have anything to play for. I don't want to see – Trent Williams out there when the 49ers don't have anything to play for. But you can't rest all 22 starters. And we're talking about a team that's continuously banged up, right? You just mentioned the defensive tackles, Hassan Ridgeway, 
Kevin Givens. Like they're already out. So there's going to have to be plays where Eric Armstead has to play a legitimate amount of snaps. There's going to be on the other side of the ball where Trent Williams or Mike McGlinchey, they're going to have to play the majority of these snaps. Will there be opportunities for like a Jalen Moore to sub in because let's say the fourth quarter and the 49ers win a big sure. But again, Kyle Shanahan's train of thought is that the starters are going to play. And I think people need to understand that no matter what happens moving forward. So we've seen it defensively where Fred Warner, Dre Greenlaw, those guys are out there when the 49ers defense, like they have a 20 point lead in the second half in the fourth quarter. So I don't think, I don't know why that would change now. And I know that, you know, the 49ers have clinched the division, but it just doesn't seem like the team is in the mindset of resting players. And with that in mind, let's take a little segue here to the playoff picture. The 49ers, as it stands, are the three seed in the NFC right now. There is a chance that this team could be the one seed. Is the probability high? No, it's actually under 1%. (laughs) But... There is a chance, and I'll I'll lay out exactly how the 49ers could reach the one seed. So, pretty easy. Jalen Hurts, as I'm sure most of you have heard, shoulder sprain. The likelihood that he plays again during the regular season is slim. Like, he's supposed to miss two weeks right now. But again, the odds of that happening, I I just wouldn't hold my breath there. If for the 49ers to to be the first seed, they would have to have the Eagles lose the rest of the games. So they would have to lose out their next three games. For Niners, naturally, would have to win their three games. And the Vikings would have to drop one game. So it doesn't seem far-fetched, especially when you see how and who these teams are playing. So the 49ers, Commanders, Raiders, Cardinals. They're going to be heavily favored in each of those three games. And many would expect, even without a Debo Samuel, to win those games. The Eagles, I believe, so they play the Cowboys this week, and obviously that's without Jalen Hurts in all these games, I'm just assuming are going to be without Jalen Hurts. So the Cowboys, and they are not going to be favored there. Then they they have the Saints at home. Saints are a tricky team. And then they have the Giants at home, who, and the Giants are just a feisty team. So you could see with Gardner Minshew, the Eagles losing each of those three games. And then the Vikings pretty much just can't have a better record than the 49ers. So if they slip up against the Giants, the Packers at on the road, or the Bears on the road too, all of those seem, you know, doesn't seem like a stretch to me. I think it's probably more plausible to talk about the 49ers just jumping the Vikings and being the two seed. I think it, based on how last Saturday went, <laughs> who the Vikings did not score in the first half against a Colts team who essentially begs teams to score with the way they play defense. And then, yes, they make the magical run and they come back from down 33, 36, whatever it was. But the Vikings, the way that they've been trending in the last month or so, like they're actually one of the worst teams in the NFL. They're probably a bottom five team by a lot of metrics if you just filter uh, from week 10 on. The 49ers unquestionably are better than the Vikings, and there's a good chance they get the two seed, to me, over them. How important is that? Because when I'm when you go back and forth between you know two seed, three seed, 
the 49ers are probably going to beat Minnesota no matter where they play, whether they play in Santa Clara, Santa Clara, whether they play in Minneapolis, if they played in Mexico City, wherever they would play, the 49ers are going to beat the Vikings. I feel pretty confident about that just based on the matchups. And I know Justin Jefferson is Justin, Justin Jefferson. But do you think it is important for them to jump the Vikings to be the two seed or does that even matter? Or are we just – does the playoff seeding matter right now? I do think the playoff seeding does matter. And I was out on Saturday, right, just because the Niners played on Thursday. You're enjoying your weekend, holidays. And so I was just following the Vikings-Colts game on my phone. And you see, you see they went up 33 nothing, And I'm thinking, wow, two seed. The Niners are going to have, like, this amazing three-day stretch where they win the division. And before Sunday even hits, they're sitting in the number two slot. They'll control their own destiny, right? If they went out, they'll be the number two seed. And, you know, Jeff Saturday and the Colts blow <laughs> the biggest lead in NFL history. You know, I almost felt bad for Matt Ryan because he's been a part of these um, comeback wins on, you know, on the wrong side of these comeback victories multiple times in his career. But nonetheless, I do think the two seed matters. And I think back to all the travel that the 49ers did last season in the playoffs. And I think eventually that just caught up with them. And I know this is different, but having to go multiple weeks on the road back to back to back takes a toll, especially in the playoffs, right? You've got a season full of nagging injuries and nicks and bruises probably. And now you're having to fly extra, right? And the 49ers having to go to LA, then to Dallas, then to Green Bay, and then back to LA eventually just takes a toll on you. And ideally, if you'd like to, if you can stay at home for as many games as possible, I think it makes a difference. And you know, back in the old playoff format, right? The, the top two teams obviously get by. That was huge because you get an extra game of rest. Now it's not, you know, only the one seed gets that, but still having those two home playoff games before a potential NFC championship game. And now you don't, you don't know, right? With Hertz's injury, like could the Eagles get upset by a Cowboys or by a different team, like possibly. And so maybe the 49ers would then have home field advantage throughout. And so if you can just avoid the travel part of it, I would always lean that way. And you just don't know, right? The Vikings have been playing in these one-score games what feels like all season long. They've been coming up on the right side. You just think eventually the tables are going to turn. You know, I, I looked at that Packers game in Week 17, I think, as, as the one game that they could potentially lose. And then the 49ers would also need to win out, um, which stands to be seen. We'll, we'll see if they can do that. But, um, I you know, if I were the 49ers, I would be trying to get to – as high of a seed as possible. And like you mentioned, the one seed is still a possibility. I know Football Outsiders does their projections. I think it was like 0.7% for the one seed. And actually they had greater odds for the two seed. Uh, if I remember, I'm pulling this up right now, but I want to say they had 72% chance to finish as the number two seed and then a 28% chance to finish as the number three seed. So DVOA doesn't particularly like Minnesota. So it probably sees them losing a game. And it sees the 49ers probably winning out, which is why, you know, a lot of their projections think they're going to finish the number two seed, which is insane to think about considering they were three and four at one point. But, you know, to answer your question, I think I think you just got to go for it and see where you land, uh, even though they've clinched a spot in the playoffs. So where the 49ers sit right now, they're sitting pretty. So we mentioned if the playoffs started today, they would face Daniel Jones and the Giants at home so richie barring a richie james revenge game out of his mind the 49ers will be just fine in that game 
then the next round they would face the winner of the Vikings game. So as of right now, it'd be the Vikings or the commanders. It, it probably would have been the Vikings or the lions by then, but still they would, I mean, if the lions upset the Vikings, they're looking at another home game. So either way, they would have avoided a healthy Philadelphia or a healthy Dallas team, whoever comes out of that game, and still have a chance to potentially have another home game. What were you going to add? I thought I thought they reseed after that first round. The, I thought the Eagles just get the lowest seed no matter what. So I still think there's a scenario, if I, if I understand it correctly, that, that they could play the Cowboys. It would just require oh, oh, I the seven seed to upset the two seed. Sure, sure, sure. You, no, that, that is 100% true um, if they do reseed. But if that were the case, we're still looking at – what um i want to fast forward to, i'm actually more fascinated about the nfc championship i don't know we're jumping way ahead here yep but let's say that jalen hurts doesn't play until then whether it's the divisional championship whether it's the nfc championship and all of a sudden that's his first game back and his first game back is against the 49ers this first game and not playing in a month as I just said, most of the time for these skill guys, it takes you know a game to really rev back up. So where they're sitting now, no matter who they play, the way that the NFC is lined up, like they're in such a good position that it they have barring any other drastic injury, you never know with the 49ers, but they're in a really good position uh, to come out ahead in a lot of these games. So it'll be pretty interesting to see how the rest of the season shakes out. Are we in for another curveball? Like, what can happen next that hasn't already happened for this team? That's what makes this so fascinating because, <clears throat> right, up until the Hurts injury, it just felt like the Eagles and the Niners were on a war path for the Super Bowl. And I made this joke, like, you can't lose to the Jaguars and call yourself a contender. And a lot of people were upset by that, right, because the Cowboys lost this past weekend. But, you know, the Jaguars are an ascending team. It wasn't necessarily, you know, a shot at the Jaguars, but it was more so that, you know, the late the contenders in the late season just start to separate a little bit, right? They just start to put teams away. And I know the 2019 49ers lost, you know, a late season game to Atlanta or whatever, but it just feels the Cowboys just feel a little bit more shaky than the Eagles and the 49ers do, even though I feel like those are your top three teams in the NFC. And the Eagles and the 49ers just separated themselves a little bit. And now with the Hurts injury, it kind of opens the door for the 49ers to bridge that gap a little bit. And you just don't know, right? I mean, the injury news seemed kind of vague. You just don't know when he's going to come back. Do you know, is he going to be fully healthy, right? Jimmy Garoppolo had a shoulder sprain last season in the playoffs. And who knows how much that affected his ability to throw the ball properly, right? He ended up getting surgery after the season to fix that. So you just, you just never know. Even if he does end up playing through the pain, you just don't know how effective he's going to be. He's been one of you know, one of the MVP candidates this season, and he's not 100% effective, that that could really just bridge the gap between these two teams. And therein lies the 49ers season in a nutshell. Yeah, we, we just don't know how it's going gonna, gonna to go. We don't know what's going to happen three weeks from now, three weeks from now, because we didn't know what was going to happen three weeks ago. So that, I think that's what makes this team so entertaining, and that's why they're constantly – providing content for us. They constantly keep you on the edge of their seats. So I think that'll do it for us, you know, shorter episode, but it's a holiday weekend. I want to make sure that everyone enjoys the holidays, however you are spending it. Do you got Kyle Shannon talking about some of his Christmas traditions. He said that he reads the night before Christmas and gets made fun of by his family uh, the night before. Do you have any specific type of uh, Christmas traditions? 
uh, Christmas traditions usually is just for family time, man. It's just getting together. Uh, no matter where we're at, we all fly back in. Um, and just spending that quality time together um, and making some of our favorite favorite food. And um, it's not often that everyone has like time off together. And so you just cherish that family time. I think that's the biggest thing. But what about you? What are, uh, what are you and your daughter planning to do? Yeah, we, for essentially my entire lifetime on Christmas Eve, my family gets together. We go to my parents' house. We just lay out a bunch of apps on the table and just kind of mess around. Just, I mean, watch TV, play games around the house. So uh, that's a tradition we've always done and we'll probably continue to do. So that, that'll be fun. Outside of that, I mean, it, it's a football day. So that's uh, true. nothing weird really changed. I know, very weird. And leave it up to the NFL to take up some of our time during the holidays. But that'll do it for us. Thanks as always for listening. Happy holidays again to everybody. Please rate, subscribe, review, leave us five stars wherever it is you get your podcast. You can follow me on Twitter at KP underscore show. Akash, how about yourself? You can follow me at A-K-A-S-H-A-N-A-V. And with that, go Niners.